0: Hi, my name is Scott Curland, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Curland loves musicals. Wait, what? But I don't like. I don't like begrudging him for it or anything. What I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance? Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to record this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. you're a podcast. You're good-looking. You're hot. It's like a podcast, but not. We continue Nicolas Cage month with Face Off. It's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket.
1: I don't know what I hate wearing worse. Your face or your body.
0: I mean, I enjoy boning your wife, but uh, let's face it, we both like it better the other way, yes? So why don't we just trade back? You can't give back what you've taken from me.
1: Oh well. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. Tear me apart, Lisa!
0: Snap out of it!
1: You owe me 15 grand, pal.
0: I love you! That's all I needed to hear.
1: Don't be mean We don't have to be mean
0: Cause Remember No matter where you go There you are Hi welcome to Reuters Bagel Basket I am Scott Kurland and I am very Excited for my guest this week We continue Stars and Gripes with a Buddy of mine Uh, I saved this movie specifically For him Um he goes back to my days at The Daily Show. It's uh, a very funny comedian. You may have seen his Comedy Central special. Mr. Ryan Beck.
1: Hi, Scott. Hey, bud. Great to be here, man. I'm glad that you saved this movie for me because it is completely ridiculous and I can't wait to talk about it.
0: I, I was like, would he want to do Con Air or Face Off? Honestly, I,
1: both of those would be
0: fantastic. Do you know they came out the same day in 1997?
1: <laughs> I didn't
0: know that, really? Yeah, or like, like a week apart. For real? For real. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it opened up against Batman and Robin.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that, what yeah. a crazy week that is. Yeah, I had fa- no idea that it would open up the same week.
0: Yeah, and so it was Face-Off, Batman and Robin, Con Air for three weeks, and then the film that beat Face-Off after three weeks was George at the Jungle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have a vivid memory of seeing that one in the theater. So I think I was part of that knockoff, that face off from the number one spot there.
0: I was too. And yeah. That, but this this might be the peak Nicolas Cage movie.
1: It's definitely one of the peak Nicolas Cage performances because he's kind of just doing Caster Troy um, in every movie after this. So uh, in some fashion or another is what it feels like. This is really a turning point for him.
0: Have you seen the episode of community where uh they take a Nicolas Cage class?
1: I don't th- I I'm sure I have, I don't remember it.
0: And Abed goes crazy cuz he watches every Nicolas Cage movie in one night.
1: Yeah, that would do it. That would make yeah. someone crazy. Yeah. yeah. all but right.
0: This is the one. This is by far the cagiest cage has ever been because he's doing Nick he's doing Nicolas Cage doing John Travolta doing Nicolas Cage.
1: And John Travolta's doing Nicolas Cage and uh, he's doing a great job of it. Frankly, like he's just as weird and he's like got the mannerisms down. And like we really get to see Grease Lightning go on. This oh, yeah. Movie. And uh, yeah, it's just not there's so many like weird specifics in this movie. There are so many John Woo like classic John Woo things you get the scream you got dubs you have some weird touching of the face a magnet prison like this movie has everything unless you you want um like a entertainment
0: what'd you say unless you want entertainment
1: well no you definitely get entertainment I I just wouldn't say that it's grounded in any in any reality that people could uh re- you know like rewatching it uh with like uh what is it like 20-something years difference, uh, or, or 23 years 23. distance, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild.
0: Do you want to give us the... So we have a rule on this podcast that was created because of my dad. Every time he was on the podcast, he was supposed to give a quick synopsis, uh, and he spent the entire podcast last year doing a <laughs> synopsis. So this is called the Blockbuster Rule or the John Curland Rule. You are in a Blockbuster Video. You pick up Face Off, and what does the back of the box say?
1: Oh, well, I don't know what the back of the box would say, but if I wrote the back of the box, I would say Nick Cage, John Travolta, they switch faces and somehow nobody can tell their bodies are different. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty much it. And then, and, and, uh, oh my God, what else? That's like, I mean, that's it. That's it. That's, that's like, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage is a super terrorist and, and, uh, um, John Travolta's like a, FBI agent, and you know he's they switch faces for whatever reason. And, that's uh, that's the
0: back of the box, man.
1: And it's people, like super undercover, and it really backfires on old John Travolta. You, you would think that a sound, such a sound decision as um, ripping your own face off, uh, wouldn't backfire on you. But here you are, this FBI agent trying to do good, and you rip your own face off, and somebody else finds it and puts it on.
0: I feel like as soon as they pitched him that idea he should have just stood up and walked out the door.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think they're going to make a new face-off with both of these guys, but they just switch hair plugs.
0: (laughs) Well, Travolta's completely bald now.
1: I mean, they're both completely bald, but wearing, you know. (laughs) These guys have had such similar um, physical declines that it's like, this is beautiful that they got to this moment where they got to switch faces as, as a play.
0: And toupees. And
1: toupees, right. And, uh, yeah, so I guess a quick synopsis of the movie, right, is that the FBI agent... You, engine- you he- totally gave it, man. Okay, good. I did it then.
0: Okay. It was uh, That was great. But- People who rented this also rented Valley Girl and Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: yep. And Vampire's Kiss, I saw an interview with Nick Cage where he talks about all of his movies and stuff, and I'm sure that you've seen this. It's, like, with GQ, but it's on YouTube, and he's, like, discussing, um, like his choices for Castor Troy and whatever else. And he kept saying the word operatic and it's because he was like trying to be in the vampire movie. He was like trying to do all these opera moves and stuff, but they were like trying to rein him in. And then he let, said that John Wu showed him uh bullet in the head, I believe. Yeah. And uh, after that, he was just like, Oh, I can be as crazy as I want to. And then he was just doing all like the head rolls and the, you know, grabbing, um, the the girl you know he's dressed up like a priest and he's like grabbing people in the church and stuff and he could just be as crazy as he wanted to be as castor troy so
0: just another tuesday for for a cage yeah travolta on the other hand this was like right after broken arrow oh yeah yeah so him being the bad guy in that he's like yeah sure i'll do it again i don't care Mm mm-hmm I think the biggest like punch in the face is that Nicholas Cage does all the work in the movie of being like the good guy. And then like the movie ends with the person we watched be a piece of shit. The entire movie ends up fine.
1: Yeah. It's such a strange kind of thing. Right. Because it's like he Nick Cage is both the villain. And if you asked anybody after watching the villain, you'd say or after watching the movie, who's the villain, you'd say Nick Cage. But really he's like the, you know, he's, the good guy he's playing like he's playing the the uh moral you know fbi agent trying to do right and catch the terrorists and and uh, you know do be uh faithful to his wife and and all this other kind of stuff and you know uh he loves his kid and, and everything but it's like he really nick that's nick cage doing all that Right, it's not John Travolta's character, but they Travolta like Travolta is
0: being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think they did do a really good job in the writing department, and the and John Wu did a good job directing it to where like you actually did believe that it was the other guy with that guy's face. Like we all bought it, you know. Like they set it up. It obviously takes a lot of setup, uh, but like we all were in, we all it made sense the whole time. It it didn't de- devolve into like the room or something like that. We're like, what is happening? Why is he saying that? You know, there's none of that.
0: The crazy thing is they were like the fifth picked pair. Originally. Yeah. Did you, Arnold did you, Schwarzenegger, right? Schwarzenegger and Stallone were second, but originally the film's producer is Michael Douglas. It was supposed to be Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. And, that That's would be like,
1: quite a different movie.
0: Yeah, because you have two Sean Archers. Like, you don't have a caster, Troy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, like... Nick Cage is just right for this because he made such a crazy choice. You have to have them be completely physically distinct, right? And I wouldn't say that, like... I mean, I don't know. Who's going to believe that any of these guys have the same body? I can't get over that part. Your yeah. face, like, If we switched faces... People are going to know. You're yeah, going to know. like, who's the, are, are we to believe that these guys are the same height and weight and like, also his wife has sex with him and she doesn't notice his dick is different?
0: I was about to say that. I was like, how no, do you not there's know?
1: There's a lot going on here, Scott.
0: Well, the, the first thing that we glossed over is the movie opens up with a five-year-old being murdered.
1: Yeah, also that.
0: <laughs> like, like John Woo's, like, showing you his hand from the very beginning. He's like, a kid dies, and that's not the craziest thing in this movie. No, no.
1: I mean, then we're in the magnet prison, and that's not the craziest thing, so.
0: Especially when they used the boots from Super Mario Brothers. Those were the boots from Super Mario Brothers. Was it? it yeah. Looked, I always thought
1: it looked the same, and I guess it is the same.
0: Same costume designer.
1: Wow. Also... um, you know it's sci-fi because plastic surgery was not this good in 1997. Like you, anybody that you see now that had got surgery in 1997 looks like a, like an old purse. But now these guys, they looked seamless.
0: Yeah, Keratop had plastic surgery in 1997.
1: Yeah, he has. Uh, he, he's got, he's got some. Well, we all know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, how do you say this properly? Uh, it yeah, looks man. like a leather purse. <laughs> like, now I got friends who get Botox and stuff, and I and like, I if they didn't tell me, I wouldn't have any idea. Which I don't know. If maybe that means that uh, it's not worth getting in the first place if no one getting tell.
0: <laughs> Wait, people our age are getting Botox?
1: I know somebody um, that regular. I know two people that in in their early thirties that are regularly uh, do it.
0: That's so bad for you.
1: I don't know anything about it. I don't want to touch my face. The same yeah. reason I don't want to get like laser eye surgery because like I. Would love to be able to see, but imagine if they like screwed it up. And then the next thing I know, uh, I'm wearing Nick Cage's face.
0: <laughs> It'd be terrible. My, see, I wouldn't mind having Nick Cage's face on me. I think the one that would freak me out is having Travolta's.
1: Yeah, that'd be crazy. Both of them wouldn't be great, but I think Nick Cage is probably working more right now.
0: Yeah, because the IRS is making him.
1: Yes, that is also true.
0: Does he still own an island? No, the IRS took that.
1: The IRS hasn't. So what do you think the IRS is doing with the island?
0: Honestly, I want to believe that they're perfecting uh, face swapping technology.
1: I would hope so. I also hope there's not like, I don't know. I'm always interested in private islands, right? Because it's like, are there animals on the island? Who's feeding the cat?
0: Like, I, was o- I always wondered about Marlene Brando's island. Like, that used to keep... He had up. an island, too? Where are all these islands?
1: You know? They're like... Off the Florida Keys. Oh, Florida Islands. I get it.
0: Yeah. Honestly... A lot of
1: those are man-made. There's a lot of man-made stuff down there, too.
0: If I had my own island off the Florida Keys, I would call it Kokomo.
1: If I had my own island off the Florida Keys, I would try to move it as far away from Florida as possible. (laughs) I'd get like like a, a bunch of motorboat engines and just try to like move it at least more up towards North Carolina or something. Well,
0: it's that weird in between where it's like in between like Florida, Cuba and like the Bahamas. It's that weird like Bermuda Triangle. That's where these islands are. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't want any part of the Bermuda Triangle. I'll tell you that. That's probably why they keep all getting busted for bankruptcies because the island is just, the triangle is just sucking their finances away.
0: Well... Nick Cage, Wesley Snipes, Brando, mm-hmm. all, they all had run-ins. I still, I still don't understand in this movie, all this weird stuff that happens isn't as weird as saying that this is a movie where two people swap faces, but everything else, you have two siblings who make out with each other in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is um, that is true. Gina Gershon,
0: <laughs> Gina Gershon, and Nick Cassavetes. In the research I did, Nick Cassavetes met with with John Wu, and he had like this giant, like luscious head of hair. Comes in the first day on set, bald, and John was like, "Okay," didn't say anything.
1: Yeah, you can't be cutting your hair if you're this guy.
0: So yeah, I yeah, still... the
1: Dietrich and Sasha make out that's the character names. I have their character names here because I'm notoriously bad with character names. I know Castor Troy. And that was like, the only one that I can really remember. I've always had this thing where I like wish that like remember when Game of Thrones was on I was like always wish that they just wore name tags in that movie because or in that show because yeah. I could never I was like, Who's this guy? And I'm like, you know, I've been watching. It's not like I'm just turning it on. I just have no recollection. They like it goes right over my head every time.
0: I was the same way with Lost. I just called everyone Smoke Monsters. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah. There was Jack who loved um, Angel Hair Pasta and would say Angel Hair Pasta over and over again for the entirety of the series. And then there was um, Hurley and uh, Kate. That's all I got.
0: I just remember Ben because a friend of mine who's been on this oh, podcast. Oh, Ben, yeah. Okay, maybe
1: I do know a few more of those. But it was also ABC, so it's differently paced. You know, I can catch. Yeah. I can keep up with that.
0: I I still don't get in this movie how no one has said to them like as soon as they swap if I was there with them I'd be like you're Castor Troy like like yeah. no one they're acting so different like no one's like oh you're definitely Nicolas Cage wearing John Travolta's face right
1: and it's just like the same like the body thing is but uh, I mean you have there's obviously as moviegoers we have to and we want to suspend our belief a little bit, you know, suspend yeah. our disbelief because um, the obviously this would not work. <laughs> like, no. you know, a movie called Face Off where on the back of the box it says, yeah, they switch faces is like, OK, I'm in. Like, if you're turning it on and you know the title, like if you're going into the movie theater, like you you are ready for for this nonsense
0: that's why I feel like the the producer of this movie who is uh, uh one of the bone adventures I feel like he was just writing a check during the pitch meeting and he's like whoa 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 you had me at the swap faces yeah
1: that's like what this this guy wanted to see that and then they're like who should we get to make it and they're like all right John Wu it is
0: oh cool that means I just have to put doves into my budget mm-hmm. yeah pretty much it made and no sense really
1: crucial at the end there
0: for no reason what are they doing in the church also weren't they supposed to be having a funeral like no one was at the funeral
1: that's true maybe it was a very unpopular person but um yeah man I don't know doves I love this I love his doves so I pulled up um you said that there was a couple of pairs uh about who they wanted to pick for the movie yeah and I, so that I, I, that made me curious, and I wanted to see this uh, Michael Douglas Harrison Ford thing, which is crazy. But there's also rumors of Jean Claude Van Dam. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: current? I think it w- was it Van Damme and S- Steven Seagal.
1: Uh, oh God, I, I would hope not. Um, Michael Douglas or or Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm like, how do you how do you? Well, there's never been another part in Hollywood. That's how weird this movie is. That was down to. In, in the director's mind, Jean Claude Van Damme and Michael Douglas. There's See, no like, can I get him? I would, I would, who's my next choice after Michael Douglas? Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: Okay. All right.
1: I mean, that's like bonkers right there.
0: The, the craziest thing that they don't I would have.
1: The same accent.
0: No, no. And that's what would make it like insane. Michael
1: that's... Douglas has never roundhouse, roundhouse kicked anybody, Scott.
0: Or done the splits.
1: Yeah, like let's like what what's going on in this movie that they could both do this part? Although I would love to see, I want Jean Claude Van Damme to be in everything personally.
0: Now, now that he's been like more humble, I want to see like Jean Claude Van Damme in everything. If you've seen him after he made uh, the movie where he pretty much played himself, JVD. Yeah, JVCd.
1: JVCd. Yeah, that was very cool.
0: Yeah. But in this film, Patrick Swayze was like on standby in case Nicolas Cage decided he was just going to leave the set.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that he's like the Dennis Rodman of Hollywood. In the <laughs> sense that he's just like no one knows what he's going to do and you have to have a contingency plan. But he's crazy. So we love working with him. He's really good.
0: Well, did you hear the story about uh, on King of Staten Island? They, they casted Action Bronson in the movie and they didn't know if he was going to show up or not.
1: Oh, my gosh, I haven't got to watch it yet, but is he in it?
0: Oh, he's so good in it, too.
1: Yeah, I saw him live and he was fantastic. And I was like, he seems like a real pro. Also, I'm sure if you just like he likes cookbooks and like all this weird stuff. I'm sure if you just met his whatever strange writer he has, he'd show up and rock it out.
0: (laughs) But I still don't understand how they kept like for a week while they filmed they had Patrick Swayze on standby. Was he wearing like starter shorts and like like Yeah, right,
1: he like rips him off like he's coming into the game or what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I think the ultimate one that I would have wanted to see would have been Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that would have confused a lot of people. Probably like they wouldn't even have to have switched faces. They could just walk around and be like, no, I'm Bill. And they be like, I can't queue up with this. Do you want to have sex with my wife? And, or do you want to do terrorism? You know, they would just like let them go because you can't, they're hard to, hard, the hard one. I still get them mixed up and um, I know who they are, you know.
0: Yeah. One is Twister and one is Casper.
1: And one, is, which one's the aliens? Bill Pullman. Paxton. Bill Paxton.
0: Bill Paxton's in Aliens, Bill Pullman's in Independence Day.
1: I love Bill Paxton um, so much. He's like so funny and so good. And he's... uh,
0: Twister is such a good movie. We just rewatched it. He's
1: also great in Apollo 13. (laughs) Um, Bill Paxton. I feel like every movie podcast should just be about Bill Paxton, honestly. Like, this guy's not getting his due.
0: Yeah, may he rest in peace.
1: Posthumously should get his due. But yeah. he was so good because he's always playing that like I don't
0: know, man.
1: <laughs> like that guy is so good.
0: I'll have you back on when we do frailty because that is peak Bill Paxton. I don't think I've seen that one. He wrote and directed it, and he I stars in it. That one, two thousand one. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we really don't want to talk about Face Off.
1: <laughs> no, I want to talk about Face Off. I, uh, but you know, you got me on this. I gotta look up this movie. So. Let's talk about face-off, Scott. Leave me. (laughs) Leave me in your. In your. What do you want to talk about?
0: So the craziest thing, um, I feel like I'm going to be saying this a lot, is the the prison. The kiln is it called? The kiln. The kiln.
1: The magnet prison. The
0: the the thing that boggles my mind is the warden of the prison is not in on this. Like anytime like there's a secret ops or a CIA mission, whoever is running the prison is in on it. Like mm-hmm. it it makes no sense that the warden of the prison who I guess is the Zodiac Killer, it's John Carroll Lynch who played the Zodiac Killer in Zodiac.
1: Yeah. Which like, is also a great movie. But we're not here to talk about Zodiac. We God. already
0: did that back, back in December.
1: <laughs> yes, which is very cool. So right, he's not in on it and the prison is basically like run by a guy who's unhinged because it's a crazy prison. And then I, we have our good guy stuck there.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if like John Woo was even doing anything on set or just counting money. It's like, Hey, Travolta said he wants to do this. Yeah, sure. Whatever he wants. One, 100 100. <laughs> <100." laughs>
1: yeah. There are so many choices in this movie from Travolta and from Nicolas Cage that are like very iconic to their careers that they like, you can see it's like oh they're doing the John Travolta thing or they're doing the Nick Cage thing and it's so crazy that it's like to think that you would walk out of Con Air and then walk into Face Off and be like yeah that's a hundred percent the same guy but there is difference because one of them had long hair and a southern accent but it's like the same I mean Cameron Poe is the
0: he has the best names Nick Cage gets the best he names gets
1: names yeah they're very mem- memorable for someone who can't remember them Castro Troy. Cameron Poe.
0: Ronnie but, Ronnie Alameki.
1: Yeah. It's but it's like uh his his Sean Archer. Nicholas Cage Sean Archer is very like when he's trying to be um
0: when he's trying to be you know? <laughs> when he's trying to be uh so Nicholas Cage Sean Archer trying to be Castor Troy. Fuck.
1: <laughs> Nicholas Cage yeah.
0: When he's uh, trying to be it's himself so confusing to talk about. When Nicholas Cage is being is nice. John- yeah, yeah. When Nicholas Cage is, is being uh John Travolta being Nicolas Cage, hit the faces he's doing that he thinks that Nicholas Cage would do is insane. Like when he's just bulging his eyes out and like yeah. showing his teeth.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. He's totally unhinged. I love that that he has that gear though. I think that's why Nicholas Cage is a such a cult guy, is because he has that gear of like just really like goes nuts but it also seems that he stays on the script you know like he, he like isn't it he's a real actor guy so it's, it's it's nice it's welcome <laughs> in this age of uh, improvisation and everything
0: well the craziest thing is he had just won an Oscar. For leaving Las yeah. Vegas, yeah,
1: and he said, "Okay, I did that. Now, what else can I do?"
0: I have my Oscar. I'm just gonna go fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, he did. He really did. This is like his uh, Matthew McConaughey did the Lincoln commercials. Yeah, uh, this is his. This is his Lincoln commercial.
0: Well, at the same time, Matthew McConaughey also did the Lincoln lawyer too.
1: <laughs> that too, but he won the Oscar after that,
0: right? But
1: it's I mean, in his Oscar blood.
0: Boston. Huh? It's in his blood.
1: In his blood, yes. He yes. loves
0: weapons. But so I guess... Oh, the one thing I wanted to bring up is the plane at the beginning of the movie, that was John Travolta's plane.
1: It was his plane?
0: Yeah, John Travolta owns two 747s. Why? Because he can fly. <laughs> like
1: He flies them? Yeah. What is happening? How do some people have so much more money than us? It's bonkers. You own—he owns a small airport. There are airlines that don't have two seven forty-seven. That's this is crazy.
0: Yeah, and one of his airplanes literally has a bedroom in it.
1: I can't believe that you would have a second plane
0: when you're that rich and that dedicated to Scientology. You can yeah, have man. what whatever you want.
1: It's. Residuals are very cool. It seems
0: for '90s movies now, it, it's like it sucks. But
1: yeah, I just I have no idea the state of the industry is uh, upside down. But I'm still trying to crack in, so <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to be owning one or two 747s. But I just love the idea of like having one and then thinking like, you know, well, I really love to get a second plane.
0: He was like, they can crash it because that way I can get a bigger plane. So he let them destroy his plane. Oh, that was real? That was real. They didn't do a model? No. They crashed they just, a plane? They pulled a Christopher Nolan. They destroyed a plane.
1: This is crazy. Yeah, the research
0: this. I did... Um, is just insane like Travolta was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want <laughs> like,
1: they crashed his plane
0: yeah because I guess it's easy to replace one of the uh, the back flappy things that's easy to replace I don't know the, the research was insane on this because I was like they destroyed it he didn't keep the plane he got a new one but they could have fixed it it made no sense
1: oh my god this is bonkers
0: in the in the plane scene. I did not buy the, the woman who turned out to be an FBI agent. I did not buy her as a flight attendant because she looked like a real estate agent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like a very 90s thing, though. Sometimes I feel like in these movies, they want to tip, they like want to be a uh, reveal, but they also, it's like so obvious. I don't know why, but that feels like a thing that happened a lot in the 90s where there was like a small reveal like that that they just did not. Yeah, it's It's like, yeah, we told you the whole time. (laughs) It's like,
0: are you shocked? No, it's pretty obvious.
1: Right. The True Lies has a lot of that kind of stuff going on, too, where it's like, there's no twist here. We knew this the whole time. Uh,
0: I think the biggest twist in this movie is that the whole movie relies on the fact that there's this giant bomb somewhere that's about to go off. And then 40 minutes into the movie, they disarm the bomb and fake fake John Travolta gets all the credit and then the rest of the movie is basically him trying to infiltrate the FBI and take over so he can fund terrorism?
1: Yeah. It's great. I love that. I don't need to. I, why would you want one plot when you can have two?
0: I feel like you have three because then the third plot becomes proving to your wife that you're who you are because... I know.
1: How dumb are we supposed to believe that this woman is that she doesn't know that her husband has had facial reconstructions. You know, it's like it's so crazy.
0: Well, the biggest the biggest loophole. Yeah, well, the biggest loophole would be he doesn't have the scar anymore from where he was shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest loopholes. There's also like his genitals. Or, like, any of his mannerisms.
0: Yeah, because like, I,
1: the kinds of foods he likes, or that he smells different, or that <laughs> anything.
0: I was so uncomfortable when he barges in on his daughter when she's on the phone in her underwear.
1: Yeah, it's weird.
0: It was the creepiest scene. I mean, it's
1: supposed to be creepy, though.
0: Well, yeah, because it's Travolta.
1: Right. Well... Yeah, but also it's it's Travolta playing.
0: Nicolas Cage playing Travolta.
1: Right. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track. But yeah, that is an exceptionally creepy scene that, uh, I mean, we should cancel face off now.
0: Uh, yes. Well, also the face waterfall is very, what, what yeah. was with that? This, yeah. Uh,
1: like rubbing of the nose, the gentle grays. That's yeah. not how, you know, I don't know a lot about, the world, but I don't believe there is any culture on earth that, that is a, um, a way to say, I love you. So at least it's so specifically weird that they knew that it was, it ha- well, this has to be dad. Nobody else touches people's face like this. This is very strange.
0: Well, that's what he should have done from the very beginning. Well, cage had his own mannerism too. Cause he called everyone a peach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird one. He has such strange dialogue in this movie. And, uh, I mean, it seems like the writers were like, how do we make this guy weird if, like, uh, one of these other actors that's not Nicolas Cage is the person where we have to make him weird? And, like, Nicolas Cage got to be weird on paper and on screen. So
0: <laughs> I, I would have paid good money to be a fly on the wall in the negotiation of his contract for this movie because I read that Nicolas Cage originally, like, turn the movie down because he didn't want to be the bad guy. And they're like, Oh, how much of it did you read? And he's like, only the first five pages. That's all I really need. Yeah. And they're like, no, you swap faces and you're the good guy for the rest of the movie. Oh, I'll do it.
1: That's so funny. That's just, I insane. Love that. that's so funny.
0: Well, it's not the, he's not the only actor to not read like the first, the rest of the script. Uh, is not that
1: break your heart as like someone who's written things longer than five pages?
0: Yeah. As someone who's written like full length screenplays, it pisses me off.
1: Yeah. People don't read them. But then but, when friends ask me for notes, I'm always, no, nah, I'm just kidding around. I make give <laughs> extensive notes and I'm a good boy, but um, it is like, you know, when you send things to people like the, also when people send things to me, like the, it is tempting to just stop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should put in for notes, you should have them swap faces. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, all you're going to
1: do. Every, like, what if they swapped faces here? And everything, like page 12. And this is pretty good, but what about if the queen uh, swapped faces with <laughs> the duchess or whatever? <laughs> A period piece where they do face-off?
0: Yeah. I, oh, period, face-off? That came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> period yeah, <that's-> piece, face-off. <laughs>
1: Yeah, peace is a pretty crucial word in that sentence. Yes. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. Like the eighteen early nineteen hundreds face off, like
0: what want. like the three musketeers, mm-hmm. but with face off.
1: Yeah, like, that'd be a really confusing one because you'd have three guys swapping faces, and so you know it'd kind of be like a uh, three card monte situation where they well, keep swapping faces, and you know, or four never. if
0: you use d'Artagnan. Yes. That's so it true. is an even number.
1: Yes, that is true.
0: But I still I still don't understand how Travolta even signed up for this. I think it was a mistake. Really?
1: I mean, not an actual mistake. I think that he just was like, yeah, I'll be in a movie. And then they told him later what it was.
0: Because he was already on a hot streak because at this point he did his comeback with Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, and then... The year before, he had Phenomenon and Broken Arrow.
1: Yeah, so he had like he was having a great decade, honestly. Um, well, really great, like five years there. Yeah. And after Pulp Fiction, it's like you can do whatever. I mean, that was huge. It was like Bruce Willis uh, was about to do the second um, or third Die Hard, I guess, with Sam Samuel Jackson, who's yeah. like that put him on the map, and then like John Travolta could do it. He was like Pulp Fiction. John Travolta is so good in Pulp Fiction that it's like he... Face-Off could have been such a bad movie where it wouldn't have mattered because he was so good in Pulp Fiction that he was going to get as many chances as he wanted after
0: that. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. 96, he had three hit movies. Travolta had Michael.
1: Oh, right. Michael, the angel one.
0: The angel one. And then he had... Phenomenon and Broken Arrow. And then this year, he he just did Face Off and that was it.
1: Yeah, but that's like, you know, that's three movies in one, so.
0: I I still, it still is baffling that no one could pick up on the fact that these people aren't the same, same people, especially.
1: I mean, yeah, that's like the big p- pothole, but there's just so much else going on that it's like, I don't know, you have to have that, dis- to suspend that disbelief, you know, if you want to enjoy the movie. Otherwise, it's like really easy to dismiss, right? Like as a fan, it's really easy to dismiss it if you wanted it to. But if you don't, boy, oh boy, are you in for a treat.
0: But I was so shocked that that they, how they chintzed out on the makeup for Nicolas Cage with his face ripped off. Mm. It, it literally looked like he had spaghetti sauce on his face.
1: Well, he very well may have just had spaghetti sauce on his face. Um, or grape jam. Or grape, yeah, something. But it is, yeah, I remember that being like ew. but also um, It, it, it
0: looks pretty- like he still has his face on.
1: Yeah, it's like pretty low budge uh, uh, effects there, but like, again I don't know. I don't want to see the inside of a man's face, so I guess it's like I would prefer ketchup or whatever they use.
0: And I, I love how to cover their tracks, they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna kill everyone, and no one's gonna be the wiser." No one thought that it was suspicious that his partner died, and then the head of the FBI was like, had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the
1: uh, the always the thing that's always funny to me about a lot of these movies where the like FBI is, um, like movies like this, for instance, is that nobody else in the FBI is good at their job. Only. Sean Archer is good at his job, and everybody else is pretty much completely aloof and just like wants to collect their paycheck. <laughs> and so, like, these crazy things happen in the FBI, and he's the only one that's got the truth, you know, the only one that's really doing it. He's got to prove it to them beyond a doubt.
0: And the craziest thing is the fact that Margaret Cho is an FBI agent.
1: <laughs> yes, she is. She very much is. It's, it's, uh,
0: I love when, when, Comedians show up in like serious roles like anytime i see kevin pollock as like an fbi agent or a cop in a movie mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure so when i see you in, in like a, a Jan de Bont movie as the fbi agent ryan i'll be very happy i
1: can't wait for that yeah i'm ready to be the uh comedic relief that has no funny lines um <laughs>
0: the anybody- tom arnold <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, Tom Arnold—I don't know—I like—I like Tom Arnold. I find him very charming. But in True Lies, I,
0: he gets huh? one. In True Lies, he gets like one funny line.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He's good in that. He's good in that. I'll defend Tom Arnold in True Lies all day.
0: I'm just saying. The point is, we need to start the hashtag back in the blockbuster. Hashtag back in the blockbuster.
1: Hey, you first, man. I got to give Twitter a break. It's making me melt my mind. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, I still... It takes them a really long time to just get to his master plan of just taking over the FBI and CIA to the point where he reads his wife's diary. hmm And one thing that I've talked about at nauseum on this That's podcast...
1: how you to a woman, is read her diary. That's what the <laughs> 90s were trying to tell us.
0: <laughs> yes. Like she's a character on Friends. hmm But the thing that always... I have a problem with that. I've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast is whenever they say like you have a very creepy person say making love because <laughs> it, it's just so creepy.
1: It's a really weird way to phrase that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause he's reading the diary and he goes, we haven't made love in two months. Ugh. And I was thinking first off gross, but if your kid was murdered right in front of you, that makes sense. Like,
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, my wife and I will go months on end just because we had a big pasta meal. And, you know, (laughs) I believe that a married couple doesn't have sex for a couple of months after their child is murdered.
0: It, It was like six years. So it that I just I'm calling bullshit on John Travolta reading from a diary.
1: Well, was it John Travolta or was it Nick Cage as John Travolta?
0: I, my mind will fucking implode.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, I mean, reading a diary, not great, but he does use that information to, um, you know.
0: Bang John Travolta's wife.
1: Yes, she wants it. I mean, that's just classic um, setup and and payoff there from the writing staff. They're like, "Look, look, the wife is really wants to be intimate with her husband. But guess what? She's going to have sex with this stranger who looks completely different except for his face.
0: This movie really should end with her coming to grips with the fact that she slept with a a terrorist. And the movie should end with her in an asylum.
1: Yeah, I can't believe... Like, it's really bonkers that they did that because it's, like, not... It's just bad, Scott. It's not a consensual uh, act
0: well, they've said that with with Caster Troy, he'll sleep with anyone that moves. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
1: there was like a uh, like a, a layer to his character when he you see his like home life that he's like I uh, I don't know I guess he's like he right like polyamorous or he's bisexual or something he sleeps with everybody.
0: I I want to see. I would have loved for this movie just to take a turn where you think it's going to be, like, them swapping faces, but it's a real face-off with himself, and it's just Caster Troy in a Sexaholics Anonymous meeting.
1: Right. The real face-off is to face your inner demons. It's John Woo comes on screen to say that directly (laughs) into the camera.
0: He looks right down the barrel of the camera. Yeah.
1: He's like, the real truth here is oneself. So.
0: I, I still to this day do not understand why he gave his daughter a butterfly knife
1: hiding behind someone else's face hoping you wouldn't feel the pain while we're talking do you have protection
0: what do you mean like condoms protection
1: Next time, let Carl take his pants down. Slip this in his thigh. Twist it so the one won't close.
0: Yeah. It, Wait, it was who Chekhov's knife. Which one gives the
1: girl the knife? Castor Troy gives his daughter the knife.
0: So we we should we should call him Sean Troy when it's Nicolas Cage as Travolta. Yes, and Castor And Caster gives- Castor, Castor Archer gives sure
1: her- sure so it's Sean Troy that gives the knife to the girl
0: no it's Caster Archer I think yeah it's 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 wait Nick- now I'm
1: confused which one we're talking about
0: <laughs> Nicolas Cage is John Travolta as Ni- Troy Caster
1: Troy gave the girl a knife right he had John Travolta's face on while there we go
0: yep yes for her
1: self-defense so he was like trying to be a good dad in his own Castor Troy way by giving this girl for a self, de- a knife for self-defense. But then he gets, of course, stabbed with it. Later. Yeah. It's
0: it's Chekhov's knife. Like in this movie, we have Chekhov's gun. We have Chekhov's knife. We have Chekhov's harpoon.
1: Chekhov's face. Really? Yeah. Um, but then we have a, you know, at the end there, there's a spear gun. Yep. Um, which is pretty cool. I love a spear gun moment. That's always yep. very fun. We have um, we have a guy trying to mutilate the other guy's face as a as a uh, revenge or something, as an attack. He attacks his own face.
0: Yeah, but does he not remember they have that stuff for laser surgery that can just make those scars go away?
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like a. I'd be worried that my face, like. You know, it's like if you have a car like um your tires are going to go bald at some point. So it's like I would be worried that the fi- the there'd be too many miles on my face and that when they put it back on I'd, I'd really have some bad news.
0: Well, it should be bad news because the person who perfected the surgery is dead.
1: <laughs> He's very dead, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the, the And yeah. they're also
1: operating in a prison. So Or was that at the prison?
0: No, no, it was a special hospital run by a task. Hospital. Yeah. It was the that task was very, force.
1: Dark. It was a very dark ho- hospital.
0: I still don't know why Caster Troy, if, if Nick Cassavetes, the bald guy was his best friend. Why didn't he have him in on this? Like when he wakes up and makes the phone call, he gets two random guys, two random hitmen, mm-hmm. to show up. If, if, Nick Cassavetes is his best buddy. Why isn't he there?
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of secrecy on all accounts here. But it, if you make this, you know, if everybody knows that you've swapped faces, then someone's going to figure you out. So maybe you got to lie to everybody.
0: I also love how the the good guys, the FBI agents, end up doing bad guy things, and the bad guys end up doing good guy things, and they don't do really. So when when they raid Castor Troy's place,
1: yes, it's a bloodbath. Ki-
0: yeah, but but the the bad guys, the bald guy, Gina Gershon, they're protecting the good guy, and they don't realize it. Yes, and and the FBI is helping a terrorist, and they don't realize it.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's the power of face off, Scott. Is that uh, morals have been bent beyond recognition.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just remember being a kid and seeing the poster and saying, the "My
1: dad is so cool."
0: Yeah, I'm like, "Dad, what do you think that movie's about?" And he's like, "How the hell am I supposed to know? I didn't even know what Forrest Gump was about."
1: Oh my god! Yeah, this movie is <laughs> couldn't clear couldn't even be more about Face Off. It's like, you, let's see, I want to look at the poster real quick.
0: It's just he's Travolta and Cages.
1: Oh my gosh! What does this say? The log line says. In order to trap him, he must become him. That is awesome.
0: That <laughs> that is a 90s tagline. Yeah, that is... it
1: also is not as good as my blockbuster back of the box. No line, by the way, I would say on the poster, I would write. They swap faces, man. I would put man on there, comma, mm-hmm. man.
0: I would have put... Sometimes it's just one of those nights where you need to peel your face off and have a glass of wine.
1: Yeah, that would... Um, Make it seem like a rom-com. Yeah, that would be... Yeah. I just wish we could just kick off our face and take the night off.
0: See, I would love to see like a version of Face Off where it's like Diane Keaton and Goldie Hawn swapping faces.
1: Oh, yeah. The all-female reboot of Face Off?
0: But like 90s rom-com actresses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm like you- in that
1: sense i think that if they, she came home and she wanted to sleep with the other one's husband the guy would probably recognize that it's different but then just go oh
0: all right <laughs> okay i
1: guess my face my wife's face is on this lady and right now
0: yeah because the the doctor's like well we'll take care of the love handles yeah getting rid of the fat is one thing but you can't change bones <laughs>
1: No, it's so crazy, but yeah, they did swap bodies as well, I guess. I don't know.
0: Because he's like, yeah, the height difference, it, it's going to be not really noticeable.
1: Not really noticeable.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's like the screenwriter, like, got it now, and he's like, yeah, I'll just uh, throw a I'll throw we'll away light.
1: Just say it's fine. Just <laughs> say it's fine, you know? Like, that's, like.
0: I, I feel like someone would should have just said why are you asking questions you're asking too many questions don't think about it just just go with it don't think about it
1: <laughs> believe it just believe it it'll be good i promise
0: just shut up it's a fucking movie right exactly which is I, what I'm kind of trying to been,
1: like say like you have to suspend your disbelief for this like you have to it's just too crazy not to man there's bombs going off there's spear guns there's dubs Magnet Prison.
0: There's Nicolas Cage and John Travolta both dancing in two different scenes.
1: Right, yeah. It's so fun. It's just a fun movie for being... What was it rated? PG-13 or an no, R? No,
0: this is R. This is R. an R.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably should be. But it's a fun movie for being an R. It's kind of shticky in a way.
0: To To prove what a superstar he was... John Travolta threw his weight around and demanded that the version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow that's being played when they're having the shootout uh, in Castor Troy's apartment, it had to be Olivia Newton John's version. Oh, very nice. Noah would have made that better instead of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It was just like, You're the one that I want from Greece.
1: Or Let's Get Physical. <laughs> that should be a like that's my fight go to fight song is Let's Get Physical.
0: Let's get physical, or uh, let's hear it for the boys. Hear it for the
1: boys. Yeah, that'd be a good one.
0: <laughs> Give the boy, hey, <laughs> Yeah,
1: this I, is, it's like the, the soundtrack is actually I would say matches the movie pretty well.
0: By over- being all over the place, because you yeah, open it's all up- over the place, but it's
1: also like keeps it together. Like overall, I it's a good. I would say it's for what it it's about. And like the weirdness that it is, I would say that they did a good job. Yeah, they did. It is a box office smash and something that we're talking about 23 years later, because no one's doing a Batman uh, Robin uh, on a podcast. Yes, they are. (laughs) Well, you are, but you've done you're doing every movie that's ever uh, existed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I'm just saying... I
1: have, saying, like, the deepest knowledge of movies and, like, love for movies of anybody that I think I've ever met, so I would not be surprised. I have to do
0: something not. with it, or, Several like...
1: Batman uh, sequels. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, the brain worms will do something with my brain if I don't use my knowledge, I mean...
1: Yes, that's a great point, and uh, I think you should just keep feeding that uh, anxiety and, uh, you know, it'll all work out.
0: <laughs> I, I still would have loved to see a version of this movie with Bruce Willis halfway through just swapping places with one of the, with either Nick Cage or John Travolta and they never address it.
1: Oh right, just swap out actors.
0: Yeah. I I still don't understand how he convinces his wife arranges a funeral that there's no funeral and it's just a vantage point for him to Try and well, this, kill.
1: Um, this is Lazaro's funeral. This is Lazaro being the, um, uh, which which is friend.
0: Well, his friend, his partner was named Tito, but Lazaro was the head of the FBI.
1: Yes, Lazaro is the head of the FBI. So he's going to be vulnerable there is why his wife sends it or his wife mentions
0: it. Yeah, but there's no funeral. <laughs> like they get to the right. church. Yeah, and the no one's... the FBI
1: you think would have more people in attendance.
0: Like, the head of the FBI, the president would have been there. Maybe some dignitaries from the UN. Yeah, that's
1: true, right? That's very true. If the head of the FBI were to die, like, that's a state funeral for the ages.
0: John Woo just got lazy. I feel like they came in and they're like, we can't have a big funeral. It just has to be an ambush. Yeah, maybe
1: before it started. Maybe we can just think of it like that. (laughs) You want
0: your doves, John? We need to have... Look, Let's... we're
1: over budget. We spent too much money on doves. We can't afford to have one- Extras. Extras in um, military uniforms.
0: But I can still crash my boats, right? Yeah, sure. I, why not?
1: Yeah, gotta crash the boats. And here's the spear gun you asked for.
0: I, I love how on the nose the boat chase is. The good guy's in a white boat and the bad guy's in a red boat.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like- uh, a classic uh, movie thing is to just change the colors. <laughs> that's like going back to like bullet with uh, Steve McQueen.
0: Yeah. Also I paused it when they're flying through the air and Nicholas Cage's stunt double looks exactly like Christopher Walken.
1: Oh, that's fun. I'd yeah. like to see that.
0: Yeah. I paused it and I was like, you gotta be kidding
1: me. Yeah. Maybe it was Christopher Walken. He's notoriously been on boats
0: that was dark.
1: <laughs> it was very dark. But, you know, this guy. Well, he
0: shouldn't have killed Natalie Wood. I mean, Yeah, that's
1: so that's so messed up, man.
0: I I I, I told my wife that story. I was that's like Cuz she was watching one of those Dateline true crimes of Natalie Wood and she's like, "So, who was on this boat with Robert Wagner and her?" And I go, "Christopher Walken." She goes, "Shut up."
1: Yeah. And we've just let him do whatever he wants over the last next few decades. It's well, like, wouldn't you not be allowed to work?
0: <laughs> I still-
1: probably was the accomplice to this murder.
0: And now he's going to, you know, Also, Robert Wagner was in uh, Austin, Austin Powers. Powers.
1: Anybody else? I don't understand why people work with people who have this these clouds over them. Just get anyone else. Say no to Woody Allen. Go be in a different movie.
0: You're such a freedom fighter, man.
1: But I mean, his, his art is good. Like, we agree the movies are good. But it's like, don't, hey, maybe now is not the time to just say, sure, I'll be in your movie. Like, Justin Timberlake did that. <laughs> <At the height laughs> of his, just stop it. You're Justin Timberlake. You don't have to be, just be in any other movie. Just be in any <laughs> other movie. Don't <laughs> put Robert Wagner in your comedy, Michael Mike Myers. Use any other actor. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen was alive at this time.
0: Yeah. Well he he did it because he wanted to eventually cast Rob Lowe.
1: <sighs> Use Rob Lowe in uh
0: Everything. In Rob- that, or, yeah, he's,
1: he's good. He's very good. But, but yeah, man, I don't know. I just I'm like I was so baffled by stuff. But also nobody's asking me to be in uh future films at this point in time. So I'm like, yeah, it's easy for me to
0: say. Back in blockbusters. Come on, guys. Let's
1: hashtag it.
0: Hashtag Beckham blockbusters. I still still can't believe that after Nicolas Cage saves the day and John Travolta's dead, John Travolta gets to be John Travolta again, and he steals Nicolas Cage's kid.
1: He steals his kid?
0: Yeah, the the little boy at the end.
1: Oh, right.
0: That was Caster Troy's son. Yeah, well the kid needs
1: a dad and why not somebody who once wore the face of his dad.
0: Yeah, well but that that kid is the, the son of a serial killer and a terrorist.
1: Yes, but he is a kid. <laughs> I,
0: don't I, know. I still wanted to see like like he didn't even ask his wife if it was okay if he brought this kid home. He just surprises the family like it's a dog.
1: Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, but he cause... adopts him. He adopts him and the and uh they
0: face waterfall
1: because he like wanted to keep the promise to uh castor his mom that kid's mom
0: Keener gershon
1: yeah gershon and like you know she's like the nice terrorist so
0: yeah she she's the very polite woman who kisses her brother on the mouth
1: yes there is that but you know she's dating a terrorist so it's like there's clearly some issues here
0: well john woo casted her because he saw her in the movie bound and he loved it and then he almost fired her when he saw Showgirls.
1: When he saw Showgirls, what is she doing? Showgirls?
0: She's the the rival showgirl. Why she's... would you
1: not like that?
0: I don't know. I didn't write the trivia on IMDb. Well, you
1: got all the facts, Scott. I got to come to you with the facts, with the questions. I have nothing he... for questions. I, I think, think it's she, she's just
0: total. really bad in it. She's a bad actress in that movie.
1: Oh, she's a total babe, man. I'm a big Gina Gershon fan. <laughs>
0: Gina Gershon's great, especially on Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
1: I have not. I'm like the only person that's not seen that show.
0: I'm shocked. You would like it. You have old people.
1: I know. I wonder if Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they're still on, right? Well, I mean, everything's paused, but like... I don't know. Everything's paused. There's no productions. I've heard that there are a lot of productions that are trying to get going, but now there's so many regulations with the coronavirus that everything costs about two or three times what it used to.
0: Actors can't kiss anymore, I heard.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Mm. That's got to be crazy. I don't know. I bet, like, the people don't kiss in movies anymore anyway. (laughs) They don't. Like, love scenes, I think the last time there was, like, a sex scene in a movie you, and I,
0: you haven't seen 365 Days, have you? I
1: don't know what that is. I mean, like, a is that that's, a main... That's that a
0: the... It, well, it came out this year. It's Netflix's version of Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Okay, no.
1: I mean in, like, mainstream movies. I don't mean in, like, movies that are about sex or movies that are, like, romance. There's no... There used to be, for instance, in, like, this movie, there's romance and there's kissing, but it's also about... Uh, well, everything that we've discussed, then there's also like (laughs) The Rock, for instance. There's like a very long sex scene in The Rock. Um, but that if that came out today, that wouldn't be in there, they would just go to Alcatraz, right? So, that like that aspect of movies, the sex scene, I feel like has gone away. Yeah, there's no romance
0: in action films anymore.
1: No, it's gone, it's totally gone, which I don't, I wouldn't say that I like. I think I like when there is romance in the movies because it crowns the characters and it gives them a reason to be um, protective over whatever instead of just mass murderers. Because there's a lot of like movies where like you just take a slightly a step back. It's about people being unhinged, even like, uh, I don't know, every war movie seems like that's a war crime. That's a war crime, too. OK, I mean, why is this guy doing this, you know?
0: I I think the last romance in an action film has been Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was what three, four years. Uh, yeah,
0: four years ago.
1: Four years ago. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, there was, no, there was no romance in um uh the Mad Max movie.
0: No. No.
1: Charlie's there.
0: <laughs>
1: there was no romance in uh Star Wars. I guess kind of, but I don't know. That's its own thing.
0: No. Also, but-
1: they- Yes, no, I don't think there was any kissing in Star Wars.
0: If you think about it, this movie is is technically a drama at the heart of an action film about a man who's estranged from his wife and he needs a terrorist to sleep with his wife for them to get their groove back.
1: In a way, yeah, yeah you perfectly summed it up, Scott.
0: <laughs> this is like how, how Stella got her groove back.
1: Without her face.
0: Yes. That, that I think would've... we
1: nailed it. Yeah. I think we nailed it.
0: What if how Stella got her groove back was just the plot of Angela Bassett and Whoopi Goldberg swapping faces?
1: That would be something. That would be great. <laughs> I mean, those are both uh, fantastic actors. Are they... Does John Travolta have an Oscar?
0: Nope. He's been nominated, but he's never won.
1: Oh, I bet that bums him out.
0: Yeah, especially working with Nick Cage.
1: Yeah, but Nick Cage, like, he was great in Leaving Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, he's great in everything.
1: That's, That's what this entire month he's is. He's great in everything. He's he's definitely Nick Cage in everything.
0: I, I do love that this is the film that gave us the Nick Cage going, oh.
1: Yeah, if it wasn't going to be this movie, it was going to be one real soon after this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I still I would still pay good money to see him as Superman. I wish I could have saw the Tim Burton Superman with necklace Cage.
1: That would have been bonkers.
0: Yep. So we've come to the end of this. How many bagels do you give it? You have a bagel basket. How many bagels are still in it and how many have been taken out?
1: Oh, how many 13. do I start with?
0: I start Baker's with 13.
1: Dozen. 13. Dozen? Okay. I'm going to give face off a very generous 11 bagels. Wow. I don't know what's typical for your scale but it is a truly wonderful 90s popcorn action blast with two actors that we know and love doing crazy stuff. And like I said, when I watch a movie, I love to suspend my disbelief and just go all in. I love everything for the record, but I'm taking two bagels away because it is, there's a lot of creepiness going on, okay? Uh, In the 90s, maybe I would have given this... Uh, 13 of 13, but I'm, you know, now we're 23 years later. I, I'm docking you two bagels, but I, for creepiness, and, uh, but, but I loved it. I mean, I really, I've always loved it. It's just so crazy.
0: I'm, I'm taking out four. I'm giving nine. Cause, nine. Yeah. Cause I know that I'm probably going to give a perfect dozen to Con Air. And, oh, yeah. Out-
1: I would, I would still do that. I would give 13 of 13 to Con Air. I just, there's some, th- 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 this movie, is one that I think here's the real the real bar for me is would I watch it again and this is a movie that I have watched again and I will watch again and I like when it's I uh, who knows how many, there's if a movie is rewatchable then you know that you there's something enjoyable about it and that's it, not true of over ninety five percent of things that are made I'll watch yeah. them and I will say okay I saw that
0: uh, thank you for doing this my friend do you, want to, you want to promote anything? For
1: Oh yeah. I'll plug some stuff. You can find me on the social media at I am Ryan Beck all over the internet. Um, and then also I have a podcast with my wife where we've been going through the New York times list of, uh, 36 questions that lead to love because we're trying to get to know each other, uh, and seeing if that ruins our marriage. So, um, it is called falling in love with my wife available everywhere. You get podcasts, including this one and, um, please, uh, uh, check it out. Thank you.
0: And you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And you can always email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. And I have a new podcast called Hell is a Musical, where I show one of my best friends really good or really shitty movie musicals, and we just did grease. So, uh, so, Ryan, once again, thanks for doing this.
1: Thank you, Scott.
0: Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.